0: Hey guys and gals, welcome back to another episode of the Constructive Liberty Podcast, Intentionally Designing a Lifestyle of Freedom. Today I'm chatting with Rob Broadhead, who is a software developer with over 30 years of experience helping businesses find ways to improve productivity and reduce costs through technology and related solutions. I love this topic. He is somebody who has started multiple side hustles and businesses over the years, the latest one being a successful consulting company that he's run for over 20 years. Rob, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, this one's been a long time coming. We've had some had some back and forth and some scheduling issues, but I'm glad we're finally able to make it happen. But I'm curious about your background. You, you started out in um, the corporate world, which a lot of people do, but... I'm curious what it was about the corporate world or what what drove you to kind of the side hustle life or or even into wanting to start your own side hustle or business.
1: I think I've always had a little bit of that itch. I mean, even back when I was bef- before when I was a kid and in high school, I always liked um I just I like doing stuff. I like being busy, I like feeling like I was productive and solving problems and things like that. So it really it transitioned well as I got into it, the academic world was a bit of a challenge for me but once I got into the you know the quote real world and got into business I realized really quickly that I liked what I what I was doing and it was something I was going to have to work hard to keep up because technology moves very fast mm-hmm. and it really Uh, It really sort of bloomed out of me finding that the best way for me to learn and to stay current was to work on, to build applications, to do something that was not just doing it just to do it, but to actually solve a problem. And so as I was, you know, expanding my skills and looking at how I could grow, I would look for problems that I could solve, opportunities to take this new skill that I want to learn and use that to build, you know, to build the skill and to also create a a solution. It's sort of like the the inverse if you've you know if you've heard where somebody says you know everything looks like a nail if all you have is a hammer. Right. It was more like me saying, hey, I've got a hammer. I want to learn how to hammer, so I'm going to go find some nails. It was so it's a little bit of a, a twist on that that classic approach, I guess.
0: Yeah, I like that. That's uh, it, it's interesting how different people's perspective is about that. You know, we, we often do start out the, the you know, you have a hammer and so everything becomes a nail, but finding the right nails to use for the hammer that you have, not not a lot of people go there. So I, I really like how you brought that out. Was there something about the corporate world that, that kind of drove you to it? Like, Because a lot of people face massive burnout when, you know, they're in that corporate lifestyle. Was that a factor at all, or was it just you know I, I really want to do my own thing. I, I want to pursue this path, and so I'm making a change here.
1: It really was um, a little of both. I mean, part of it is I always liked I I bristled against the corporate structure of like a you know a, roughly a nine to five you know work schedule. And even though when I started out, like most people, you start out you're just pouring hours and and work into you know your job and your career, right. But I didn't like having the the structure they had. I always liked having a little bit of control over my own time, my own schedule, and being able to. Well, you know, you're always driven by customers, but also to be able to go out and solve problems that were not uh, part of the company. You know, the the company approach or the company focus. There was always going to be extra things that I wanted to do that was outside of what they wanted to do. And so finding the time to do that, and then realizing that if I went and worked for myself, I sort of, you know, gear my work and my customers towards those things. So instead right. of working your day job and then trying to find a way to get extra hours to do all the things you needed for your career, is trying to find a way to sort of marry those two and then get more bang for your buck for the hours that you're you're putting in.
0: Sure, sure. And, and I want to get into how you help people, you know, automate things with technology. But I kind of want to get a picture of, of your transition from that corporate lifestyle into running your own business. Was was that something that you dipped your toes in and kind of moved slowly into starting out as a side hustle and slowly building that up before you found the right time to jump into it all the way? Or was there just one day you said enough and you went this direction?
1: It was, it was actually sort of a combination. I was... I was dipping my toe in and I was doing little projects here and there. And it was, it was one of those things I started just doing stuff for myself and then realized, and this was, this is back as the internet was becoming really was starting to grow and become popular enough that now I could reach out to other people and find people that needed work done that I could, you know, I could match my skills and what my projects to what they needed. And so I do a little bit here and there. And it it got to a point where I was at a, a company that, um, I was, I was enjoying the work I was at, but the company, basically they ended, their funding just dried up like overnight. Like literally they were coming oh, around awesome. to hand out paychecks on a Friday and they said, Oh, by the way, we don't have the funding. So you're not going to paychecks today. For most people, that's a motivation to find a different job. And for me, <laughs> yeah. I basically, you know, quickly changed gears, talked to a couple of people that I had known and it turned out to be a perfect opportunity for me to jump into full-time working for myself at that point. It was just one right. of those that I'd, I'd been tipping, dipping a toe, dipping a toe. And suddenly I sort of got like shoved over the edge and, and that, but it worked out well. It was, I had enough confidence and enough things in place that I, it was, a, I guess it was a calculated risk at that point.
0: Right. Yeah. It, it's interesting how when we have a catalyst like that is often when, when the things actually work. You know, so many people spend a lot of time dipping their toes into something, but not being able to fully commit. And so it, it's like the thing doesn't take off because they're not fully committed to it. How, how can somebody who wants to make that transition, how can they make that transition slowly, but make sure it works? Like, Is there a key to, to having that slow transition?
1: I think there is. Uh, and I was, I was sort of going down that path. It just, I think it's like, it's something, you know, you get enough momentum where you say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and I'm tired of uh, I'm tired of going slow. Or I, I feel like now I can go faster. It's sort of like riding a bike. You start out, you're going really slow and you've got the training wheels on and you get to a point where you're like, Hey, I can do this. And you're just, you're off and running. Yeah. And that was really what I did is I I was taking, and it's, and i i talked to other people about this too is it's a deliberate approach as you sort of plan out where i want to be and then what do i need to do to get there and that that's a lot of i think that that recipe for success is not just saying i want to have a business or i want to do you know create this product or do this service but it's actually thinking about that beforehand what does that look like what is it that is going to have to be in place for you to do it for me it was things like I had to have a decent internet connection. I had to have a a phone that was a you know a business phone that wasn't just my house phone. I had to have right. uh, you know later I had to get a cell phone and you know this was back in the day when phones were on a you know on a cable on a wall before it was every day with <laughs> cell phone and a printer and a fax machine and there's just things that a business has that I would look around and say okay when I'm in the office I have these things if I go home I don't have all of this stuff if I'm doing my own company. I have to have these things in place. And it includes things like, uh, for me, it was things like licensing certain software and having certain subscriptions and things like that, that you don't always think about. But if you do sort of a incremental, you know, step-by-step say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to dip a toe in and I'm going to look at what that, what does that look like? What do I need? Uh, It goes back to the tool thing. If I was a carpenter, I would need to go buy a hammer and buy a saw and, it's figuring out what those things are, and then making sure that you have a plan to go do that, to go right. you know, get that tool, use it, make sure you're comfortable with it, and then move on to the next step. And along the way, it's making sure that you're sort of you know, holding yourself accountable to say, "Am I just sitting here, you know, twiddling my toes, or am I actually starting to move forward?"
0: Yeah, sure. That 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 makes perfect sense. Now, kind of going back to your main topic, the technology and automation, that's something that interests me to no end. Like anytime a new tool comes out, I'm just super fascinated and I I at least play around with it a little to see what all it can do. But I don't always have the time to dive in and really put it to its full use and, and get the most benefit out of it where do you start when when working with customers or maybe talk about how you work with your clients first and then then we'll go into kind of how somebody can find the right tools and automation things to to help them out
1: uh well there are there's just so many tools and so many new tools coming out all the time that it's i think i'd I've given up a long time ago trying to keep up with everything. Instead, I sort of switch it. And this is what I do with customers in particular, because they're not, they don't have the time. They're doing business. They don't have the time to just be looking at what's out there. So instead it's a focus on, and I always start with this. What are your major pain points? What are the problems that you're, you're seeing? What are the things that, Particularly from an automation point of view, it's look at your schedule for the last, you know, the daily schedule, weekly schedule, maybe monthly schedule. What are the things that are sucking up a lot of your time that if you didn't have that, you know, if it's not, and if it's directly working with a customer, that's great. But if it's not, then what could you, you know, what is it where if you could get that time back, you would, you know, be able to advance your company? And it's right. looking at those things. And then from there, it usually falls into certain areas. It's things like, you know, uh, you know, keeping up with status with employees or submitting timesheets or, you know, accounting related stuff, or all of the, you know, every business has got its own time sinks, the things that it's just going to suck up. And so it's looking at those and then, okay, with that problem, let's go do a more focused search on what tools are out there that address that problem, and even with non-technical customers, sometimes I'll say, you know, it's with what you're doing. If you just do a do a Google search or Bing search or something like that with that problem, and maybe even your industry as part of the the, the search words, you're going to see products are going to come up, and if you want to, you can you can start looking through them like you you suggest as you start playing around with it, see if it's going to work, and it's it's typically. I recommend you go in with the problem you want to solve, and you know, look at it. Does that tool solve the problem? Or right. if they, you know, if they would rather I do it, then I'm going to take a look at what their problems are, go find a short list of tools. Well, you know, it starts with a long list, turn it into a short list, and say, hey, here's you know, two, three, five things that are out there that will do it here's what your costs are here's what your pros or cons are maybe I'll do a demo form or get people you know get the customer the vendor in to talk to them and you know help them find a good solution for their specific problem
0: is is there a certain industry that you find yourself working with more than others and and kind of what size of businesses do you typically end up working with
1: i um it's interesting. I I live in the the Nashville, Tennessee area, and there's a lot of healthcare here. So I do have a lot of, uh, there's a lot of healthcare that I've worked with and it's, and it, it's, it's perfect for automation because there's so much paperwork. There's so much, you know, the billing and all that stuff is, it's all perfect for computers because it's just basically adding and moving numbers around things like that. And the other thing I've, which is sort of interesting because I don't think any of the customers I've had are local is more in uh, logistics and things like, like trucking companies and shipping companies, which again is actually a place where there's a lot of good opportunity for automation because there's a lot of paper that's moving around. There's a lot of numbers that are moving around and there's a lot of calculations that are uh, particularly very valuable to, you know, the faster and the better you can calculate your routes and your, your overall costs of shipping something and things like that. Um, Those things that, and and those are also industries that's, they tend to be spreadsheet, you know, they've like, they came out of paper and they use spreadsheets now and things like that, where they can take that leap. And suddenly now it's available. You know, that spreadsheet that was back in the accounting office is now a web app, maybe that everybody can see. And so everybody can enter into it. And those are, and that again, that's, I guess, to the size of the companies, they're typically, I refer to them as mid-sized companies. They're not, sometimes they're startups, but usually they're, you know, three to five years in at least, they're they're established, depending on whether it's products or services, they've got what you would expect as a you know a mid-range level of customers. They don't have you know thousands and thousands of customers or millions of customers, but you know, they've got a good, solid, you know, in a lot of these cases it's it's B2B kind of stuff. So it's you know, and they've got dozens or hundreds of customers that are that are regular that are still there, and they're not they're usually private. They're not going to be uh, dealt with a few, but it's usually not a public company. So it's somebody that's in that, that area where they they're like, we're pretty comfortable where we're at. We've got the right number of employees and their next step probably would be, you know, go to be a public company or, or become a, a, a big enterprise.
0: Right. Sure. Now I, I run a small construction company Uh, right now, solo. I I don't have any employees and in my coaching, I, I help other people get started in a service business You know, these are, these are people that work starting out at least as a solo entrepreneur. What are, or what have you found is some of the best ways to maybe help automate a bit of your customer relations, like maybe some of the back and forth that you do on emails and and the invoicing kind of, kind of some of the, the, I guess the business finance side of things. Do you have any good solutions there to, to save a little bit of
1: time? There are actually quite a few out there. It it does uh, the financial side. A lot of it comes down to how you do your billing. So there are things like you know like Square and that that a lot of people use that have some tools related to them. And then there are uh, packages and services related to that that you could add to that. Or if you use uh, like QuickBooks or you know Pe- Peachtree or depending on what accounting system you use, they usually have. Particularly for invoicing, they've got really good stuff there so that you can, you know, you can create an invoice, you can pretty it up and make it look like it's, it's professional, you can send it out, you can track it. Um, There is um, a site that is IFTT, if this, then that, that is, Mm -hmm. all it is, is a a sort of a non-technical way to automate stuff. And there's a lot of connections they have that allow you to take, particularly as a small business. The tools that you typically are going to use, uh, particularly now, since a lot of stuff is cloud based. So it's, you know, you're as a solopreneur, you're probably subscribing to a, you know, like a uh, maybe a billing system and an accounting system. And, uh, you know, maybe like a customer relation management tool, like a HubSpot or something like that. Or maybe you're using like a MailChimp or something for uh, for your communications and getting a tool like IFTT where you can link those things together. And then it allows you to take your best of breed, take the thing that you're comfortable with, because as a solopreneur, you don't have a team to figure this stuff out. Take right. what you, you know, take what you know, find a way to automate that, connect those things together, and then even just a little bit of that will save you time. Actually, the fastest thing as a solo, as a when I started out as a solopreneur, the most valuable thing I did was I went in and used, uh, and you can use it with Google, depends on what your mail client is, is I just set up some mail rules and filters so that I got stuff that came in, I would automatically, like from a customer, when I got them in, I'd set up a rule. If I got something from their domain or that specific customer, I automatically threw it into a folder. So whenever I needed to look for a specific person, I could just go jump to that folder. Boom, here's all their emails. It's just like something simple like that, but you spend a lot of time organizing that stuff and it allowed me to quickly do it without spending any time it's just the system does it for me it's a like having your own little mail room where it's like you know it's thrown into the right bucket and then you're you're off and running
0: <laughs> and it's all automated you don't have to do that yourself so mm-hmm. that's that's fantastic how how did you decide you know kind of what you wanted to jump into do were you just following an interest or or was it that you saw a need and developed the interest in in filling that need?
1: It was really uh, it was both. I started out just I had an interest and I had a, a general interest in technology. I like solving problems. As I got further into it, like you know, five or ten years into my career, I had been and in that. Second part of that five year, you know, that ten years, that last six to ten years area, I spent a lot of time working with uh, startups. There's, it was just, it was that type of, a, it was a boom time. There's a lot of startups, so I got to see a lot of business problems from a. You, you get to see all the hats when you're, you know, when you're in a small company like that, and I realized that there is a lot of opportunity for people to utilize technology, but they're not, they don't know because they're just not technology, you know, knowledgeable. That's not part of their thing. And seeing the frustrations that companies would have when they would go out and they would say, you know, we need this solved. And they get somebody that wasn't, that just wanted to sell them technology as opposed to find a way to leverage technology for their, for their business. And it is, it's, it goes back to that. They would find people that all they had was a hammer, so everything was a nail and it wasn't a good fit. And if you're a small company, it's, you can be out of budget really fast. You don't have a ton of money right. to throw at this stuff. And I would have several times I'd have customers I would talk to that they had just gone through a horrible experience they spent a lot of money they were they were frustrated and they were saying, "Hey, we need somebody to fix this," and I could help them fix it, but it was also where it's like, hey, you know they it's a limited budget they're they've gone through all this stuff and it was just it was pain that I thought they didn't need to go through so that was where I started trying to get a little bit more. Uh, on the front end of those kinds of situations is try to get out in front of customers and say, Hey, if you're trying to do this, you're thinking about this, here's some things you should do. Here's where you should educate yourself. So that when you go in, you got a better idea. It's just like buying a car. You need to know something about cars or else you're not going to, you know, the odds of you getting a <laughs> limit are going to be pretty high.
0: Right. For sure. Yeah. It's, I'm always interested in, in how people go from nine to five or corporate career and kind of what, how they followed that path to, to starting their own business because there, there's so many different ways to do it. And if we're not careful, we end up kind of in the same position because the reason a lot of us want to start our own business is because we're tired of working for the man or, or we don't even like what we're doing when we are working for the man. And, you know, I, there's kind of a process that you can go through to make sure that you do still enjoy the work that you're doing, running your own business. Of course, there's always going to be elements of it that you hate. There's, there's elements of of my businesses and everything that I do that I would just rather not do, but it's gotta be done. But if you can design it so that the majority of it is things that you love, how do you talk to people or, 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 how do you suggest somebody who's trying to get out of their nine to five go about developing their side hustle or business? So that's not just another thing that they want to quit in six months or a year.
1: Oh, if you're in a, if you're in a corporate situation, you know, you're in a, you're, you're in a stable work environment and you're looking to do a side hustle. I always start with what do you exactly what you're talking about? What do you enjoy? What is it you like to do? Because it may be your job. It may be what you do. You like, it's just, the people that you work for or with or the industry or something like that is just not good for you. But if it's not, you know, if you're a, and if you're an accounting, but you really like uh, sports, you know, like maybe you like fantasy football or something like that. It's a, a, okay. So this is a different area is go look at the stuff you like first. And then examining that is like, where do you think that you can find a way to turn that into a side hustle? And it's honestly, I think whatever your, your interests are, there is a side hustle out there. It may be something that's very different. So you could be an accountant that is, you maybe you have a podcast. Talk, you know, if it's fantasy football, you have a podcast about fantasy football, or you have a website where you're gathering all the data for fantasy football.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: a good example is I, I know a guy in town that he's an accountant by day, and he is a he does like cosplay, music band stuff, you know, on the weekends. And he even said he's like if I didn't have this where I can go play keyboards and sing and just be crazy, I would probably be taking hostages somewhere. He said, it's just <laughs> a, my day job pays the bills and it's okay, but this is what you know gives me joy. And I think that's yeah. what you need to do with your side hustle is really make sure as you're going into it, that it's something that at the very least it sounds fun because it, you know, you may get into it and you say, ah, I thought I was going to like it. And I don't, it's a side hustle. You can back out, but you want to get into something. You don't want to go into something. that's like, well, it's just to make money. Then you're not going to like it. You're going to get burned out on that, and you're going to be looking for the the side hustle to your side hustle after that. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. If, yeah. If you get into something that you just don't enjoy, and it ends up making you a bunch of money, then then it's going to be like, now I'm a slave to it because I I've grown used to this new lifestyle with this extra income. And like you said, having a side hustle to the side hustle. <laughs> yep. Oh man, I love it. That that's awesome. And and I think that's a great place to kind of start wrapping it up. Is there anything else you'd like to share as far as you know, anything somebody who maybe wants to make that transition or even somebody who's looking for a technology solution, you know, to as they run their side hustle. Anything you'd like to share on that?
1: Uh I I'd, I'd be more than happy to spend time talking to people. I have I've Really, two primary businesses I'm working right now. One is a consulting that does that's you know the, my day job, I guess, basically. Then I have a side hustle to that side hustle, which is another passion. Which is uh, my primary consulting is if you need technology solutions, if you're running through some stuff, you want to get some of the things you don't like pushed off of your you know off your plate or automated so they take less time. Love to talk to you about that. I can You can go to the rb-sns.com site. There's a free 30-minute uh, consultation there. Uh, the other side is I do have a, a podcast, and we do blogs and that, and it's developpreneur.com, which is D-E-V-E-L-P-R-E-N-E-U-R.com. And we do uh, classes. We're, we're working on – we we've paused this year, but we're going to come back into a mastermind starting probably at the end of the year, beginning of next year. Uh, more than happy to, you know, email me, contact us. We're more than happy to talk through from a technology point of view. And it's, and since it has also an entrepreneurial point of view is it's, you know, if you want to talk about side hustles and what are be some opportunities or where are some places you can go, uh, more than happy to, to point you either to help you out or to point you to people that we've come across that are good in whatever that area is that can maybe help you out and, and give you that first step or some recommendations on how to get going.
0: Awesome. Awesome. I've got those links that you sent me. I'll definitely drop those in the show notes and even a link to your podcast. And, uh, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much.
1: This has been great. Thanks a whole lot. I've enjoyed being here.